It's awesome to see everybody here today. Um, Coblen says, glad you made it. Um, and Ronnie, glad you're here, bud. Um, it is, uh, it's Christmas. And uh, it's, it's that exciting time. I know uh, the kids probably bouncing off the walls, getting pumped. Um, and adults looking forward to uh, a late night tonight and uh, an early morning tomorrow. Uh, good, just a good time. <laughs> We've been uh, in a series, we've been talking about the gifts uh, of the Christmas spirit. The, um, you know, we, we talk about the shepherds and, and the wise men and, and, the, and the donkeys and, and baby Jesus. We, we, we don't talk a lot about uh, the Holy Spirit, and yet the Holy Spirit is just so all over the Christmas story. And we've been seeing uh, the gifts that, that he gives us, and, and not just in the, the first Christmas, but, but now like, it's the same stuff. It's not any different today than it was 2,000 years ago. Those gifts are still with us. They're still empowering the church. They're still uh, engaging our lives. They're still giving us hope. And so uh, we, we've talked about truth. Uh, sometimes truth hurts, but, but the Spirit is the one who enlightens us and gives us eyes to see the truth. We talked about joy. We talked about the fact that we can't manufacture joy. Joy comes from God and God alone. The best that we can do is we can be a part of, of sharing God's joy with others. Um, we talked last week about possibility, that the power of the Spirit opens up new vistas, new hopes, new, new uh, possibilities for life and living. And today, uh, we, we get to talk about um, the ultimate Christmas gift, uh, and that is uh, vision. Now, we've got a lot of text today because I want us to get the whole story of Zechariah. But as we're thinking uh, about vision, I would like us to just kind of recognize that whether we're young or old, we're always asking this question in our lives, why is this happening? What is God up to? This is something that everybody experiences. And usually, honestly, it's like when we're, when we're bummed about something. Something goes terribly wrong. Uh, so, for example, tomorrow, some, some kids here are not going to get what they want for Christmas. And they're going to go down on their knees and cry out, God, why? How could, what is the meaning of this, of this madness? I was so looking forward to that doll. Finally, all of my joy would be complete, but now I'm, I'm lost and I've got to wait until my birthday for something decent. Uh, some of, and of course, you know, kids, um, like I told you last week in, in a youth group, I tell you, that never happened to me. I always got what I wanted. So joke's on you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but in, in, in our adult lives, I mean, it gets really serious, you know. It's, it's, um, you're going through life, and we're people of routines, of rhythms. We, we kind of do the same thing over and over. Even the artists among us have rhythms in their lives, even those of us who hate, um, you know, nine to five in a cubicle, even those of us who don't do that, you still have rhythms in your lives. And the way we go through life is those rhythms are happening, and they're, and they're moving, and then something comes in. And it could be good, it could be exciting, it could be wonderful, it could be terrible, it could be life-altering, it could be awful. And in the midst of that, whether it's good or it's bad, it's our natural human response to say, God, what is going on? And why is what is happening happening? And the question we have is, is there a way for us to know? And that's, I hope, what will um, animate us as we walk through Zachariah and see his story and see how, how he came to know and, and see that we can have the same types of experiences of vision and insight into what God is up to today, now. So let's, uh, let's read. Let's do it. 
Now, uh, Zechariah, uh, he's at the temple. He's a priest. He's uh, going to be the father of John the Baptist. He's, uh, you know, he's an old dude. Um, his wife has already uh, passed childbearing age, um, and he's doing his, his service in, 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 in the temple, and he's alone in this room where the altar of incense is, and this is what happens. An angel from the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and overcome with fear. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son, and you must name him John. Uh, John, Yohanan, uh, uh, means God is gracious. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many people re- will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine and liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. He will go before Yahweh, the Lord, equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children. And he will turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, "How, how can I understand this? My wife and I are very old. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. I was sent to speak to you and bring this good news to you. Know this, what I have spoken will come true when the time is right. But because you didn't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day when these things happened. It's a remarkable story. Uh, he's, Zachariah is a priest. I'd like to go th- back through the text, just uh, note a couple of things. Um, this is a, a moment, the altar of incense is a place in the temple where all the, the people would gather outside and they would um, make all of their prayers uh, to God. And so they'd be praying on behalf of Israel. They'd be praying for their own personal needs. And so they're all gathering here at this room, outside this room. And, they're, and they, they, uh, Zechariah brings in into this, this uh, more holy space um, the sacrifices and, the in, and what's going to be burned. And it's kind of like a symbolic carrying of all of the prayers of Israel. And so he's supposed to be alone. It's highly irregular that anyone would be there. We don't know, again, I mentioned last week, we don't know when angels appeared, if they're like floaty, glowy wing beings. They're probably not. They probably just look like normal people. But he's shocked and he's scared because someone's in this room where he's only supposed to be because he's a priest, he's ready. And then this person shows up and says, don't be worried, your prayers have been answered. Now, if you're Zachariah, you're thinking your prayers, oh, he must be talking about all the people outside, all of us who've gathered at the temple to to make our requests for Israel known to God. That must be what he's talking about, right? Well, maybe not. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son. Maybe, Zachariah, it's your personal prayers that are going to be answered. But Zachariah is probably at the place in his life where he's not praying for kids anymore. He probably, I mean, how many, you know, 65 Plus, people are like, Lord, just one baby. (laughs) I mean, I don't sleep at night anyway, so I might as well take care of the kids. Right? (laughs) I I, I feel like once you hit hit 40, you probably back off on that one a little bit. And definitely by 65. But, uh, and that's around the age that Zachariah and his wife are. And so when your prayers, well, he, he, Zachariah probably thinks, oh, the prayers of Israel have been answered. All of our prayers, the prayers that I'm in charge of sending up to God. And then suddenly the answer to their prayer, Zachariah, is, is you and your wife are going to have a son. Many people will rejoice at his birth, presumably uh, because like, they're gonna be, everyone in the village is going to be like, no way, that just happens. Is she okay? Like, seriously, is she all right? Can she walk? Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. He will be great in the Lord's eyes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He'll be great in the Lord's eyes. Their prayers getting answered in us. I'm going to have a child. And then uh, Gabriel goes on. He says um, this. He must not drink wine and liquor. Uh, liquor, really any alcoholic beverage. Meaning that this guy is not going to be a normal Israelite. He's going to be set aside. This is probably what's called a Nazaritic vow. A special vow for people who had like a special calling from God. Um, it would have been very strange to be a, um, a, a person in Israel and never drink wine. Um, and, and so for the people who did that, they were specially set aside for being holy. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, even in the womb. Crazy. He's going to go forth before Yahweh, equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. Now Zachariah's like, what is going on? Uh, and I want you to hang on to that, power of Elijah, because we're going to come back to that near the end, and, and we're going to hear uh, what, that, what that means. And, and this also, he'll turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. What could that mean? Are, are the fathers out there not caring about their kids? Why, why, that, what a strange thing for, for uh, the angel to, to say, to pronounce. He'll turn the disobedient to righteous uh, wisdom or patterns of thinking. He'll make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zachariah's response is our response. How can I understand this? How will I grok this? How will I recognize this? That word, I mean, in older translations, how will I know this? And some people think it kind of means, how can I be sure that this is true because of what he says next? I think it's really just the meaning of the word, understand. How can I make sense of what you've just said? Like, seriously, how can I make sense of what you've just said? You've said that my son is going to, I'm going to have a kid, crazy. That kid is going to have the spirit and power of, a, of one of the greatest prophets of old. That child is going to make fathers love their kids again. I mean, what, how am I, he's going to make ready the path of, of Yahweh God. Remember, when, when Zechariah hears Lord, he hears Yahweh God, the, the king, the, the, the God of Israel. How am I going to make sense of any of that? And moreover, we're really, really old. This can't possibly happen. And the, uh, Gabriel, um, I'm not sure why, but he's like, well, I'm going to strike you mute. This is going to happen, but because you were weak, because you didn't believe, uh, you're going to be quiet for the next nine months. But what's interesting about this, this text is, you know, we know. If we've been in church for a long time, we know the story. If you've done the Advent calendars with your kids, my kids are uninterested in Advent calendars unless they have a chocolate behind each door, which is awesome. Um, sugar right before bed. Love this time of year. Uh, I do. It's, it's really sweet. It's kind of cool. Plus, the, the one we have has, like, the old King James version. So it's like they have no idea what we're talking about. Like... It uses words like, you know, discern, and they're like, what? <laughs> like, don't worry, honey, you'll figure it out. Just look at the picture. Uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't have any of that background. He doesn't have 2,000 years of, of church tradition. He has no idea what's going on. The, 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 the angel of God appears to him, says, I'm an angel, here's what's going to happen, and Zechariah is dumbfounded. He's completely lost. Even with this word from God, He's still lost. And I suggest to you that this, something very similar happens to us when things in our life happen. You know, your wife leaves. Uh, you have an unexpected pregnancy. Um, you get fired. You get hired. Um, you, you know, all the, the various, somebody dies. Somebody's diagnosed with something. Uh, 
And, and, and there's this shakeup that's going on in life. And yet, despite the fact that you can tell something serious is happening, it's still not clear what God's up to. And this is very much the case of Zechariah. Despite the fact that clearly something's up, it's not clear what God's up to. This is the first thing in your note sheets. It is often not clear to us, even with signs, even with you know, amazing things happening or terrible things happening, it's still not clear what God is promising to do or God is doing. So, there's a right or wrong to this. Children, and by children you have to be under the age of, I don't know, 18. Raise your hands, please. There's a right or wrong answer. I'm going to take maybe two or three possibilities. I want you to think for a second, kids. The ultimate Christmas gift. Now, it has to be something real, so you can't say unicorn, because that's fake. It has to be something that's actually out there that you could get. And you can dream as big as you like. I want you, I've been thinking about this for years, so I, I've figured it out. But I'm just wondering if you've, you've got it. Yes. What is it? 82 acres with a big house. No, that's, that's clearly something an adult would say. Like... Oh, man, if I could just get that mortgage paid off, everything would be great. Like, now, you, you're, you're, you're wise beyond your years. You're old for your age. Uh, does, are there any real children here who actually... Um, any, 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 anybody? Yes. No school. Yeah, all right. No way, man. The only thing worse than school is finishing school. Yeah, that's life, buddy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get that, and you're not going to like it. Okay. Yes, sir. No, that's silly. Okay, yes. A nice car. Yeah, okay, I guess, maybe. Like, like a Tesla or something. No, no. I've, I've been thinking about this for years, and, uh, and I have it right here. Yeah. Night vision goggles. I'm serious. That is like the ultimate. There, there is nothing cooler than the idea that, you know, you've got, like, I, when I was a kid, I had this buddy, Corey, and Corey uh, lived in this very large house. His father had invented uh, baby bottles that looked like sports things, so like men could get excited about a baby bottle. It's like, I'm just, true story, weird. Anyway, he made a million dollars, and so he bought this really big house. And Corey, in the junior high school, he would invite me over, and the only requirement, I didn't have to bring any clothes or toothpaste, but I did have to bring... Um, my, my Nerf Gatling gun. This thing's awesome. It's like a rotate. It's got six big arrows. You go boom like that. This thing flies. Real dangerous. A lot of fun. If you have uh, you know, vases around, they're going down every single time. And so we would wait till his parents went to sleep. And then it was like me versus him, ninja style. Creeping around this you know, enormous home. Like trying to like blast each other. And all I could imagine was what it would be like if... Do we have the picture? Yeah. Oh. Can you, I mean, how cool, that would be the coolest sleepover in the history of ever. Like, it would. A nice car. Dream big, my friends. Come on. Hey, good news. You can get military spec night vision goggles. I checked out for only $3,200. So if you're wondering uh, what to do to show your kids you really love them, or just treat yourself. You know? There it is. 
Uh, the way that night vision goggles work, they're cool. They, um, I read about it on Wikipedia. They, uh, they, what they do is our eyes can't see into like, um, a lot of the spectrum of light. Like there's infrared and near infrared. So we can only see like so much, right? What night vision goggles do though is that they, they have like stuff that can, they have science. They have science that can, that can see into that range, into that spectrum. Right? And then they translate, it has software that translates that light into something that you can understand so that your eyes can see it. Right? So that's like the, the first thing that night vision goggles do is they take information that's out there that you, can't, you don't have access to and make it really obvious to you. Right? And you should be hearing, this is like an analogy. Okay? Yeah. Uh, they take stuff that's out there, information that you normally would not see, and they, it pops out and so you can see it. There's another thing that night vision goggles do. And that is, they um, shine infrared light that human, human beings can't see. It's like an invisible flashlight that's going out from the uh, night vision goggles. And, it, and so you get the special flashlight that you can see that no one else can see, right? And so it actually gives you more information. It, 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 there's stuff that no one else can see that suddenly now you can see it, right? So it takes stuff that, that uh, you couldn't see and, and highlights it, makes it obvious to you, and it gives you new information, information that you never would have had before. Now, as you can probably imagine, um, I'm thinking that the Holy Spirit can do something very similar for us, literally today, now, in our lives, in our church community, in our families. Something very similar can happen. Spirit vision, as opposed to night vision. And I want to share with you, I want, to, I want you to see how it happens in Zachariah's life. And then um, I want to think about what it might mean for our lives. So this is, uh, this is fast forward nine months. Zechariah has been quiet for nine months. He, he was confused. He doesn't understand what's going on. And now Elizabeth has his son, John the Baptist. And they're in their village, and they're going to have a circumcision ceremony. So it's a ritual, and it's an exciting time for people. Uh, and so friends and family, relatives have gathered and, and Luke picks it up. He says, on the eighth day, it came time to circumcise the child. They, uh, that's probably all the people in the village, they wanted to name him Zachariah because that was his father's name. But his mother replied, no, his name will be John. And they said to her, none of your relatives have that name. Uh, then they began gesturing to his father to see what he wanted to call him. This is, uh, it's like when you, when you announce that um, there's an, a child coming into the world, it's, people are like, what's the name? And I think, I'm not sure, because I don't really care that much, but I think a lot of people are secretly hoping you'll say their name. Because they'll be like, oh, you really love me. Something like that. Well, that's very, that's very common in the ancient world, to be named, uh, have a child named after you was a, a sign of great honor. And so there's lots of people hoping that that's going to be the case. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's going to be John. So they're, they're saying, well, well, Zachariah, your wife's crazy. Can you just explain to what, what we're really going to call him? And so uh, he, he gets a tablet, and he writes the same thing that his wife said. His name is John. God is gracious. And at that moment, Zechariah was able to speak again, and he began praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and everyone throughout the Judean highlands talked about what had happened. All who heard about this considered it carefully. They said, what then will this child be? Indeed, the Lord's power was with him. John's father, Zachariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. He's got his spirit vision goggles on. It's all happening. It's all coming into place. It's all, it's all, it's all visible. And this is, this is what he, he says. 
Bless the Lord God of Israel because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in his servant David's house. Zechariah has now perceived something. This is not John that he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus here. So he, maybe he's been hearing what some of Elizabeth has said, but he's starting to put God's plan into order, into place. He realizes that someone from David's house, and that can't be his uh, children because he's not from the line of David. That's Joseph. Joseph is from the line of David, so it must be Jesus he's talking about here. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in his servant David's house. The Messiah is come. It's not Yahweh. It's not, uh, you know, God in like a, a cloud of glory like he used to do, but literally a child is going to have, uh, God's blessing and power and, and, and maybe even might have his nature too. Just as he said through the pr- mouths of his holy prophets long ago. Hang on to that holy prophets. He has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all those who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors, remembered his holy covenant, the solemn pledge he made to our ancestor Abraham. He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies. We can serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. So he's just said all of that. That's all about Jesus. And we can imagine him holding John. And then he looks down and he says, you child, you John, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. You will tell his people how to be saved through forgiveness of sins because of our God's deep compassion. This is an interesting thing. The dawn from heaven will break on us, giving light to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us on the path of peace. What tremendous language. Nine months ago, he was like, hey, how can I understand what's going on? Now, he's literally giving us the story of Jesus and John, how God exactly is going to do his mission. He somehow, like the lights have, have flipped on, and suddenly he sees it all as it ought to be. Uh, the, the information that was out there has been set, and, and, and he's recognized it, and the new insights have come, and, and now he's put it all together. And if you remember all those, that language, the language of Elijah. Remember, we talked about Elijah. We talked about um, the, the fathers turning their hearts to their children. And now uh, the holy prophets said this. And now the dawn from heaven is breaking upon us. What's happened is that Zachari- Zachariah has, has set everything that's going to happen now into the very last word that God gave in the Hebrew Bible. Hebrew Bible, Jewish Bible, the Old Testament. If you're reading the Old Testament, and you start at Genesis, you end up at Malachi. Malachi has four chapters. That last chapter has like seven verses. The very end, the last thing that the prophets have said for hundreds of years, we've been saying about it today, this morning, 400 years, the prophets have been silent. And this is what Malachi says at the end of Malachi 4. The prophet says this. But the sun of righteousness will dawn on those revering my name. There will be healing in its wings so that you will go forth and jump about like calves in the stall. You will crush the wicked. And you hear that, the enemies? The, they will be like dust beneath the soles of your feet on the day that I am preparing. There's a day that's being prepared. Someone's going to go before that preparing, says Yahweh of angel armies. And this is great. Remember the instruction, the Torah, the law from Moses, my servant, to whom I gave the Torah, the instruction and rules for all Israel, Horeb. Look, I'm sending Elijah the prophet to you before the great and terrifying day of, the, of Yahweh arrives. Turn the hearts of the, of the parents to the children 
and the hearts of the children to their parents. There's all this stuff in the, the Bible and people have said things and there's been angels and Elizabeth and all these things that have gone on. And Zechariah has been quiet for nine months. And in that time, he's been listening and hearing. He's been hearing these echoes of the things that Gabriel said and hearing the echo of things that Malachi said. And, and in, a, in a moment, in a, in a powerful kind of insight, that's, we're told he's filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes on him. And all of these things, he, he just sets it into place. And he realizes that right now, God is doing exactly what he said through the prophet. And I think that the same thing happens now. We have all these things that go on in our lives. And, and, and we're not sure what's going on. And we have little pieces of scripture here, and we have prayers there, and we have uh, the things that we experience and see in our lives. We have the things that our friends and, and family tell us. We have things that we think about. And, and, and the, mo- the movement of the Spirit is when it all comes in, and we, and we ask God for vision, and the Spirit comes and sets it into place, and then we see then we see exactly what God is up to. It's almost like a moment of recognition. It's that when Zechariah says, how can I come to understand? It's that moment where you come to understand. This is uh, the next thing in your note sheets. Spirit vision alerts us to what God is doing and grants new information or insight. He sets it all in place, alerts us to what's out there, and then sets us in in place with new information. Still want those night vision goggles. The problem is, I mean, I think I have a picture here of like what it looks like when you're using night vision. Yeah, that's not that great, all things considered. It's still kind of blurry, right? Um, and and from a like, if you can see, you can see. It, apparently, what's going on is some person put on night vision goggles and walked to the park in the middle of the night and is staring at people. Which is really weird, but anyway, that, that's what, there's a guy in the middle, he's in his coat, and he's like walking along, and there's someone like 25 yards away being like, if you, if you do get that gift, or if you give it to me, I promise, I will not go around parks late at night staring at people with my night vision goggles. Uh, nevertheless, I, I look at it, and, and, and you can see it's still kind of indistinct. And maybe we have these moments. Maybe we're going to ask God to give us this insight. Maybe he will. Maybe he actually does it. He, he gives us insight and, and vision into what's going on. There's another question, though. Are we sure? Is this really God talking? Or is this like me being really hopeful about something? You know what I'm talking about. I, I have a friend uh, who was a pastor at a Pentecostal church, and uh, he was doing a funeral, and uh, in the middle of the service, one of the people stood up and said, a word from the Lord, and then looked at the, at the, the body and said, Jim, rise! <sighs> Awkward. <laughs> like, wow. But, but I, I guarantee you, when he stood up, he was sure he was sure. He knew what he was saying. He knew exactly what he was looking at, right? This is a moment where a resurrection is about to take place. Nope. Nope, totally wrong. 
And yet, he's, he's clearly heard pieces of scripture, and he's clearly seen all these things, and it's, and it's all put together. He has this moment of insight. It all dawns on him. This is God's moment where he's going to raise this person back up, and, and, and completely wrong. I am saying that we should be asking God for insight. I am saying that we should ask God to, to give us that vision. But we need to make sure that <laughs> we need to make sure that we're, we're actually seeing what we think we're seeing, because sometimes it's a little indistinct. And so uh, I'd like to hear for you to take home just a couple of guidelines um, for how to discern uh, spirit vision. And these are drawn from from this text and and also from a, kind of a, a broader look at the New Testament. But the first one is scripture. Did you notice how important it was that Zechariah had Malachi's words bouncing around his skull? Um, He was so in tune with scripture, and not just Malachi probably, but lots of texts from the the Old Testament. He probably knew lots of stuff. Similarly, we need to have a really deep and and abiding and broad sense of the structure and the story of, of scripture. Not just like, you know, memorizing this verse and that verse, although that's important, but also having like a big sense of who God is and what God is like. What kind of God does the Bible tell us we have? Well, I'll tell you, our, our, our God is faithful. He's gracious. He loves to comfort. He loves to care. He loves to heal. He loves to change. He loves to bring repentance. He loves to forgive. And so if you have those stories and, and, and those texts in your mind, when you, when you think that you kind of can see what God's up to, make sure it's kind of in keeping with those rhythms. If it's not, you might, you might be wrong. Uh, the next is um, the cross. When we think that we know what God's up to in the world, one of the best things that we can do is compare it to what he did when he saved everyone. The Lord Jesus comes on Christmas, and then he grows and he lives a perfect life. And then with that perfect life, instead of saying, see ya, he allows himself to be crucified. He receives the punishment of sin and death for the whole world into himself, sacrificing himself that we might have life. He gives everything so that we can have everything. That is the structure of the way God works. God is the kind of God who gives of himself relentlessly, who is willing to suffer that we might have life. If you think you know what's going on in the world and it doesn't involve anybody's self-sacrifice, it doesn't involve anybody giving freely, it doesn't involve that gracious love, it doesn't involve something cruciform, something cross-shaped, not saying it's not, but it, that's, a, that's a red flag. That's a guideline. It should be cross-shaped. And last um, but not least is community. And by community, I mean the church. Uh, We know in Acts 15 that when the church uh, is doing something new, something fresh is happening, something exciting, the Spirit is is doing something new and wild, uh, and, and people come and they say, it's this. Well, one of the things that God gives is he gives consensus in the community of faith so that all the people who believe come together and they recognize this is indeed what God is up to. This is not just, there are some people who like, uh, are like lone wolf Christians. They don't need a church. They just kind of roll deep, um, do their own thing. That's, um, you know, that's, that's, that's cool, but that's not the sort of person who's probably going to be given deep insight 
uh, from the spirit. That's probably not the kind of person who's going to have spirit vision goggles. Although sometimes, you never know. So this is the question. What's happening? It's Christmas Eve. Um, It's an exciting moment for families. It's a moment when we see that God is wild. God can do incredible things. God does do incredible things. He gives himself to us. We're celebrating that right now. But what else is he doing? What's happening now, here, in this place? What's happening in your families, in your lives? What's happening in the midst of your sorrow and your grief? What's happening in the midst of this new excitement that's going on in your life? These new opportunities and possibilities. Last thing on your note sheets is cute. If you want to know if God is near it, ask for vision from the Spirit. I stole it from a song. You might as well hear it. It's not going to fruit of the spirit. The fruit is love, joy, peace. My kids sing that song, yeah. Uh, so I stole the, the rhyme. But yeah, if you want to know if God is near, if you want to know where God is and what's happening, you need to be praying, asking for the vision of the spirit to come and put all the pieces together and, and let it shine in front of you. You need to ask for that. And then you need to share what you, your, your ideas. You need to share in the community. You need to listen for whether or not it resonates with the scripture. You need to see if it's cross-shaped. You need to bounce it off your brothers and sisters in Christ. And yes, that means you need to be involved with your brothers and sisters in Christ so they can hear what's going on in your lives and give you some of that reflection. If you want to know, you have to ask for it. And then you need to sit in this place with your brothers and sisters and discern it. And I'm telling you, it's crazy. We, we, this is not the universe where stuff like this doesn't happen. That's the universe that the world believes in. It's all just coincidences and physics. That's not the real world. The real world is a place where God is at work and he is moving rhythms in and out and he is putting pieces together and if we have the ears to hear it and we ask for the vision, he will reveal it to us. I personally um, sense a lot of excitement and I'm not sure what it means but the anticipation uh, is, is growing in me. And I don't know uh, what that is for us as a community, um, but it's like that feeling of like, something's about to happen. And I wonder if you sense it too. And I wonder if in your own lives um, you have these senses that something's about to happen or that it is happening or I wish it weren't happening, but but you have something and you have that sense, share it. Because God is at work. He is coming. And he will not leave us unchanged. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we thank you that you're at, at work, that you're alive, that your spirit is doing the same things today that, it, that he did 2,000 years ago. Thank you for the truth and the joy and the possibility and the vision that the spirit grants to the church. I pray, God, that you will give uh, that vision to us, that you will raise up in us sight and insight to know what you're up to, what you're doing, how things are going, why they're happening. And I pray that we'll be a place where we discern that together, we experience it together and get excited together and we grieve together and comfort together and be encouraged together. 
God, thank you um, for Christmas. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you that you are gracious. Thank you that you are faithful. And thank you for your salvation. I pray that we'll have the gift of vision this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.